Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's another episode of Love, Sex, Lies, and Reality Dogs. Today, it's all about the number one reason why relationships fail. It's not finances. People always say a relationship is failing because we're arguing so much about finances. We can't get it together. She wants to shop. He wants to shop. She wants to keep the money. He wants to lavish. She wants to get some toys. And he goes back and forth. Or somebody's not spending enough, somebody's spending too much, you all have that fight about money. But that's not the reason, main reason why relationships fail. And then you ha- also have the, oh, it's a communication problem. To some extent, communication plays a role in it. But the number one reason why relationships fail is because of unhealed trauma. When you don't, when you're not in a, a self-healing place with yourself, you can't communicate with yourself. That's why the second reason for relationships failing is communication. Lack of communication with yourself and lack of communication with your partner. Lack of communication with other people in your life. Um, trying to be taking everything in and just building on the blocks and you know, stashing up and hoarding all the problems and all the trauma and all the emotions without really allowing yourself to evolve from and learn from from that space where you are and you end up becoming uh, someone in a freeze mode no judgment here we're just always facing reality and so when you're in the freeze mode you can't communicate well you can't relate well but the number one reason like i said is trauma all of us have been traumatized at some point in our lives and i know some people will say no i don't have trauma we all have trauma let's be real Either it's the societal trauma, or it's the generational trauma, or it's the individual childhood drama, trauma. We all carry some amount of trauma. And healing is a lifetime process. It's not a one-time shot. And so what you see is the, the fact that you may not even know you have trauma until you start attracting people who bring you the conscious awakening in the form of pain and you feel like you have to slave yourself, um, no pun intended, you have to slave yourself for um, that person. You have to beg, you have to chase, you have to people please for them to be, for you to be part of their lives or for them to be part of your life. It's all trauma. When we suffer ch- childhood trauma, it worsens the generational and the societal trauma that we carry. And it's because we weren't able to connect with our emotions at an early age. And we also inherited some trauma from our parents at an early age. And so we can't really see it. So if you find yourself always thinking, I have to fix a situation. I have to be the one solving this problem. I have to be the one begging and pleading and chasing. Those are all signs of trauma. Um, because true love will never require that you beg or chase or force it. It happens naturally. Uh, you feel safe within yourself. You feel safe with the other person. You feel safe around everybody else. You, you feel safe in life and you're peaceful. Uh, and when you find yourself in a chaotic place where you're always like, I don't know if I have to walk on eggshells today. I don't know if I will be gaslit today. I don't know if I will be stonewalled today. 
uh, and if you don't if you don't know what gaslighting is is the feeling of making you um, question yourself um, it's when somebody starts to make you question your own person or your own sanity um, and begin to allow you to doubt yourself and stonewalling on the other side is if they're not communicating with you they're just shutting down and it's all crickets uh, that's stonewalling and so you look at it as if you have to go through all those unhealthy emotional behavioral stuff then you're traumatized to an extent if you've been bullied as a child in school i raised my hand <laughs> i was there um yeah you have some trauma um Sometimes that trauma makes you feel like you're not good enough and you have to please your partner to get you to to do it, to get them to do anything. Uh, you always have to be the one who says sorry all the time, even when you don't need to say sorry. Those are signs that you are traumatized. And to heal from trauma requires a lot of work because we, de we tend to develop unhealthy coping mechanisms around the people that traumatized us. I have to tiptoe. I have to walk on eggshells. I have to be careful what I say. I have to people please. I have to cook. I have to clean. I have to do whatever they tell me. And you don't have control of your own life. They are in control of your life. It's like holding a remote control. And if they say jump, you jump without questioning. If they say stomp your feet against the rock, you stomp your feet without questioning. But reality is when you are in a space of love, you're able to question uh, and reason and you're not, um, you're not also in a place where you're arguing. You're able to reason, think before you act, reason before you react, like I read in my book, Beyond the Pain. And you're able to come to the meeting of the minds together and say, you know what? Yeah, we may have some understanding um, but it's not to the point where we're getting triggered and we're now cursing each other out. It's more of, oh, uh, giving yourself some breathing space and then coming back to regroup and say, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry I said that to you. I felt this way. And then you understanding how they feel and then acknowledging their feeling is valid and then making progress, discussing and finding resolutions. That's what happens in a healthy relationship. But when you're traumatized, it gets to the point where somebody wants to use the trauma event um, that's going on within them to go and revenge somewhere. Oh, you know what? I can't take this anymore. I need to find a way out. And that way out is sometimes cheating. And I've written, I've written two articles on my website that you can look at on cheating. People don't cheat because they want to cheat. People cheat because it's trauma. It's repeated patterns and cycles. And they're not cheating on you alone. They're also cheating on themselves. And that's a topic for another day. Uh, but the main reason why people have relationship problems is trauma. So if you look at it, if you are in that relationship right now, and you and your partner feel great about each other, but you don't know what to do when you start having that bottle, you know, that bottleneck or bottle head together and, and you bump into each other all the time and it's escalating, it's escalating. It's time to take a pause and get support. Get support to unlock those hidden traumas that you're not consciously aware of. Uh, 
traumas will cause you to have triggers, anger, resentment, bitterness, strife, all those things come up because there is healing trauma that you are, you are not healing from yet. And so the goal today is to help you identify ways to start recognizing your traumas. The first thing is when you're triggered, before you connect to that emotion. And triggers are good because they're like conscious awakening moments. I, I never I never agree to people say triggers are, are bad. Triggers are conscious awakening moments. They bring you enlightenment. What is it that's triggering you? Write it down. Write down how you feel. Write down the emotion. Give the emotion a, a name. Happy, sad, mixed feelings. Write it down. And then look at the emotion. Is it only from that experience that you're going through now? Or does it remind you of something from the past? That's how you begin to uncover your trauma. If it's something from the past, dig deep into the root cause of it. When you dig deep into the root cause of it, you begin to enlighten yourself. Journal it down. Put a date to it. What did you learn? Document the lessons learned. Forgive yourself. Forgive the other person because they didn't know better then. But now that you're gaining a conscious awakening moment, you, you're knowing better. So you can better evaluate the situation and see what happened at that time. And remember, your situation is unique to you. Even you may have similar situation with other people, but it's not the same experience. Your experiences are unique to you. So learn from your experiences Make sure that you're uncovering things from your experiences. Get professional support where needed. As a coach, I'm going to be open with you because it's all about transparency and honesty and, and reality here. As a coach, when I started healing, I have three coaches. Um, I, I hired three coaches to help me through the process. Today, I have a coach and I have two therapists um, that I see uh, for things not because I want to, but because it's part of the healing process. Uh, I like coaching better because coaching helps you uncover more uh, through thought-provoking questions and helping you open your think tank. Nobody's thinking for you in coaching. You're thinking by yourself. You're coming up with the solutions by yourself. And that's one of the things I enjoy about coaching other people uh, on because it's, it's you really coming to know yourself. And you're really coming to be your, the master of your own life uh, with God guiding you <laughs> because you can't master everything on your own with God guiding you through the process. And so the more you look at it, the more you have to do the work. And once you start doing the healing work, you can't quit on yourself in between. You can take breaks, but don't let your breaks lead you to relapsing because it's easy to have rebounds when you're healing. And if you have rebounds when you're healing, you may find yourself going back to the same patterns and habits and then giving up on the healing process. But the moment you start to heal, the moment you start to see yourself like taking baby steps and saying, you know what, I'm journaling my progress. What have I learned about myself today? What did I learn about the other people I'm inviting into my space? The more you do the work, the more you see the results. And at the end of the day, you look at yourself and laugh. I remember during my healing process, I had a lot of laughter, a laughing moments where I'm like, oh, did I really do that stupid thing? <laughs> and then I also had the moments where I cried a lot and crying is good. Crying is also part of the healing process because it's you releasing all the energy 
and all the things you don't need within you and just letting it go. Like I read in that quote, let go of anything that no longer serves you. Trees don't hold on to dead leaves. They release them. Um, that's a quote from Beyond the Pain as well. So if you're looking at it, make sure that you're doing the work in your life and you're really not your own showstopper, not your own blessing blocker, but committing to yourself, committing to yourself first. When you commit to yourself, it's easy for you to see the people who can commit to you. It's easy for people to also see what commitment they need to commit to. Let me say that again. When you start doing the healing work, it's easy for people to see how much, how committed you are to yourself. And it's also easy for them to see the level of commitment that they need to apply to the relationship that they have with you. Because when you, what you show is what comes back to you. We are a reflection of what, who we are, uh, what we accept and what we allow in our lives. And if you're allowing the wrong people in and there's no wrong people, there's no right people. I'll share that with you. If you think that you're alarming the people that are labeled wrong in, they're those people that are your purpose helpers or pushers to enlighten you to and open your eyes to see that you're not there yet. You still have some work to do in your life. You need to heal first and not settle for less than you deserve. And make sure, most importantly, make sure you have core values. It's not about the butterflies. It's not about the chocolate. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the romance. It's about knowing yourself loving yourself and healing from the trauma so that when the person who God created to be with you shows up, they bring you the peace that you deserve, not the chaos that you don't need. They don't help you build on trauma. They help you heal from the trauma. Let me say that again. The right partner, will, the partner meant for you will help you heal from your trauma, not inflict more trauma on you and help you hold on to the trauma. It will not be chaotic. It will be very peaceful. You will still have conflicts, but you will be able to resolve your conflicts amicably with respect. Respect is an attribute of love. If you find yourself with people who don't respect you, check yourself and make sure you respect yourself. So number one thing that destroys relationship is trauma. What awakens ego is trauma. What awakens fear is trauma. Those things are trauma-related. One of the beauty, beautiful things about healing is you become so humble. And you really look at yourself like, wow. If I knew this back then, I would not have gone through the process. But always remember this. The process is not meant to confine you. The process is meant to refine you. That's a quote from Becoming Restored, my book. And so you have to understand that every every stage of the process brings you to a higher level of self. And the more you gain the conscious awareness, the less you would attract people who bring you more into a space of trauma than a place of healing and love. Love is what we were all born with. Love is what we were all created with. And until we come back home to ourselves to understand the true self, not the one we camouflage, we will not get to where we need to get to. Until next time, you take good care. God bless. Talk soon. Bye.